Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Podcast and soccer we trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce. Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies will be joining us in a little bit. He's got some other responsibilities, apparently. He's super popular, this Charlie Davies guy. But we're talking about Morocco, who I thought was going to be a formidable opponent for us, but we just cast them aside. Hollywood Heath Pierce, 3 0. No big deal. I really loved our performance in this particular game. But before we get into it, before I get your initial thoughts, I have to say, if you're a resident of the United States of America who just, if you didn't hear me before, absolutely crushed Morocco, then today we're giving you the chance to win a $100 Paramount Plus subscription, and that's going to grant you the access to one of the biggest catalogs of live and on-demand content, no demand kind, Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League, Serie A, Scottish Premiership, we have NWSL, the NFL movies, series, South Park. I mean, mm-hmm. all this good stuff there. It's, it's just awesome. We're going to give a $100 gift card away for you for that. Reminder that this only applies to residents in the U.S. So to enter, follow ISWTPod on the Twitter. Drop your Twitter handle right now in the comment section of the YouTubes with P plus in the chat. And for those not watching live, do it in the comment section and our producer will pick out one lucky winner. We'll announce the winner on Friday's U.S. Men's National Team versus Uruguay's preview show because that game's coming up on Sunday. We're going to preview a little bit of that now because I want to get some thoughts from Heath Pierce about who should maybe start that game against Uruguay. But before we get there, let's talk about this performance, Heath. I thought, and we've talked about this before, a lot of people, a lot of players, if you want to have a good performance, you want to win, you got to have a lot of people playing 7 or 8 out of 10. And I thought we got that tonight. Yeah, I fully agree. I, w- I was really excited about a lot of things. I feel, I feel like... This is the first game in a long time where there's been clarity. Now, granted, we've been going through qualifying, playing against low blocks. There's been one mission to that. Whereas this had a little bit more of like, who's the right team? Who's on the plane? Who's off? Like, who's playing themselves in or out? And I think this was a performance finally against an opponent that was a little bit different, a little bit more World Cup-like in terms of not knowing that much about them, how they were going to play out. Are they going to drop? Are they going to press? Are they going to, you know, kind of where their strengths at? And I think we learned a lot about our team. And I also, uh, just off the top, like the the hybrid style that Greg went with. I mean, there were some holes defensively on on some of that stuff in terms of, you know, systems of play. We talk about systems of play a lot. You know, not necessarily the formation in which you start the game, but when you build up from the back, what's your formation? When you build up uh, in the midfield, kind of what's your your system there? And I think the U.S. showed a few glimpses of a little bit of that creativity with with some different players, which I was really excited about. What's your, what's your initial take on... I guess one, the roster, two, 
the 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 performance uh, uh, of the team yeah. collectively and all that. I, I thought collectively, obviously, three zero performance felt deserved. The penalty that they called was an absolute joke, and you create your own luck. Of course, yep. you know Timo Weah, his goal maybe should have been saved, but it wasn't. We put ourselves in good spots to make plays, and the first half was interesting for me. If we can do half by half, Heath, and okay. humor me yeah. here a little bit. The first half, it felt like we created a lot of our chances through high press. And one of my themes for the game overall was Juan Pulisic and Brendan Aronson, who started centrally in the midfield, not them like running into each other, trying to get the ball in the same spaces because they Pulisic likes to get the ball inside, not necessarily out wide. Mm -hmm. We'd like to get our width, especially with the national team from, from Anthony Robinson and on the other side, whoever it is, uh, Reggie Cannon, Serginho Dest, uh, Yedlin, whoever it is. But Team Bawea usually stays out wide in that spot. So, so, but Pulisic likes to come in. So I was a little bit worried that Aronson and Pulisic would run into each other and maybe not have that comfort level. Now, obviously, having the benefit of, of a week of practice prior to this maybe solves some of that. They look pretty fluid. I didn't see them run into each other. And ultimately, they combined to score the first goal. What's interesting is we created a lot of our chances in the first half, first part of the first half, through this high press. It didn't, to your favorite phrase or one of your favorite phrases, even though we brought attacks to completion, they weren't necessarily too dangerous. Yes, they were a, a sign of intent that, hey, listen, we're here to play. And if you're not, we're going to end up running you over. And that's ultimately what happened. So it was a nice way for us to start the game. And Morocco did not seem up for it. But we weren't necessarily building out of the back. There wasn't like this. We didn't necessarily hold possession at any point. And that made me a little bit nervous. So when the game was still in the balance, we didn't take our chances in the first 10 or 15 minutes. Morocco starts to get back into the game. They start to, oh, okay, they find their feet a little bit and they created a couple dangerous chances, Heath. And I was like, all right, this is this is where we need to figure this part of it out because we're good at the high pressing. If we can turn teams over, fine. But if they break that press, we still seem to be a little bit vulnerable. Were you seeing the same things? Yes, I fully agree on the pressing part because that was our biggest vulnerability. I mean, even when we dropped into a lower block, I still felt that there's gaps. I, I, when we go to a back three in this hybrid system, look, I was excited at, a lot of times because when Robinson would go high up the field, Pulisic would drop into that space. And I and I actually like Pulisic going into that space because today we allowed Musa and Aronson to be higher up the field and more connected to the forward line mm -hmm, differently mm -hmm. than I think Musa and McKinney are. I think they're both late runners and they're both two-way midfielders. But the way in which... Brendan Aronson is a little bit higher and a little more connected at times, even if it's on the weak side. It allowed, it just seemed like a little bit more connection with Musa. Again, against a different, completely different type of opponent than we faced in a very long time now. But I really like that. But defensively, there were still these moments that we should have and probably could have and should have probably been punished in transition where it's one, two, three passes. And then there were these gaps between the back three, Reggie Cannon, sort of a hybrid uh, center back and a back three, and Robinson's pulled out of position. It just felt a little bit. Like, we didn't know what to do when they break the press, and then now what do we do, right? And, and, and I'm a little bit worried about that, for sure. But I did like, overall, the way in which the team pressed together. I liked where we won the balls. And then when we won the balls, the number of players we had around the ball yes, in possession yes, in the yes, attacking yes, third. Yes, That's yes. the thing that I liked the most is just when we were in the attacking third, we had three or four players wanting the ball, not in easy positions, triangulating and being able to sort of pull Morocco in and out of position. Granted, again, it's not a qualifier. It's not teams bunkered in. It's a completely different type of opponent, probably more World Cup-like. But I like the confidence of the team to be able to play through some of those scenarios. And, and as you know, and we're going to bring in Charlie Chuckwagon Davies here whenever he's ready to go, because I want to get his initial thoughts on what he saw as well. And Chuck, great to see you as always. That rich mahogany behind you never fails to disappoint. Well, 
what I think you see with the high press is that when you, when it's successful, it starts to snowball. And all of a sudden, the energy of, hey, this high press is working, starts to build into maybe taking some risk and some chances and, and getting that confidence to continue to push because Morocco was bending. They, 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 and maybe in some ways breaking, we didn't actually take any of those chances and turn them into goals. But there was some confidence there. And I thought that we saw that pretty continuously throughout the game. And I liked that the subs came in and made a big difference as well, but still maintain that identity, which I think is the hardest thing when you bring on subs. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I want to talk about the first half first. But when you bring on subs, the vibe of the team starts to change. But ultimately, I thought everything kind of stayed the same, especially from the high press standpoint. Charlie, you watched the game. What were your initial thoughts and what we saw? Obviously, I think it's easy to agree that we played pretty well, but uh, anything that jumped out for you, especially in the first half. Also, shout out, Charlie, for that T-shirt, because I'm wearing a jacket. And we both got these from our first national team camps, and it's good to be wearing them again, you know? What I mean? <laughs> yes. I was also going to say, how much coffee did you have tonight? <laughs> you were, what? Me? You were coming in. Yeah, you were coming in hot. Yeah, dude. I mean, we, we finally got a national team game that wasn't like this, like, semi-bummer <laughs> because we're playing in CONCACAF yeah, somewhere away from Yeah, we feel good about home, this, baby. It just go. felt like finally I saw some footballers that we've been talking about for, for so long but didn't see because World Cup qualifying is just so different. Also true. I, I Like you guys, I was pleased. I mean, there was a lot of good that came out of that first half in terms of build-up. You know, Matt Turner was great with his feet, great with his distribution mm -hmm, mm -hmm. throughout the whole game. And you could tell he was trying to play out of the back. He was. I was nervous a couple to, times. I was yeah. nervous when they jammed it on his left foot a couple times. Oof. I was like, "Oh man, I'm worried about that." But he did all right. Yeah, he 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 handled himself well, especially yeah. in that first goal, the build up to that first goal. I, I really liked what I saw from um, McKinney and Adams and and Zimmerman in, in this game. I, I think you know Timothy Wea continues to cement himself as got to be. Uh, on the field, a starter, you know, Musa, I was always thinking, you know, too much side to side, great in possession. One of my favorite players to watch, but not really an end product. I thought tonight he was a little bit more influential in the final third. Like at least he was trying to get up there. Mm -hmm, he, mm -hmm. he showed off. Obviously he can defend too, but I needed a little bit more from him offensively. And he showed me progress with that in that respect. So I was pumped about that. Did you, uh, by the way, did you not, do you not think a little bit of that is because there was no McKinney on the field and therefore it just seemed a little bit more balanced in between uh -oh. Aronson. I, I see what he's trying to do here. Yeah. I see even Tyler, even, hey, listen, stir in the pot. This is not, this is not a, about McKinney, but listen, there he is, doesn't there like Weston McKinney, Charlie. He doesn't like, <laughs> like Weston McKinney. <laughs> Man, we're not even, oh, we're at the night, almost 10, now we're at 10 minutes. Now I can take my, my first hot take. But there is a different dynamic in the speed of which Brendan Aronson and Musa and Tyler Adams play versus McKinney, Musa, and, and Adams. MMA, which is our, our, our probably most secure starting three, but is that not a little bit of, of, of why? Uh, Musa seemed like to have a little bit more freedom. Also the opponent, of course. No, no I mean, because he was playing next to Aronson. So, you know, Brennan still didn't show enough of like getting on the ball and, and dictating the tempo. We know what he's great at, which is running off the ball. He, he makes great runs, which was evident in the first goal. But in terms of getting, you know, checking for the ball between the lines, coming back, getting on the ball, you know, playing side to side, sometimes not being so north and south, which is what what he typically is which is good sometimes you want to be direct but there's also times in a game where you got to you got to control it dictate the tempo and 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 take the sting out of the ball. I don't know if even tonight if that's Aaronson's spot. 
And no, but it, he did. He he it, he was by and large a big part of when the team pressed well. Brendan Aronson yeah, was yeah. around. He's one of the and best. I think he's one of the best a, at that. Yeah, and so specifically to that type, if they're going to press against teams like that, he he is very good at making the game predictable because mm-hmm. you could see Tyler Adams' response of knowing when the game was predictable. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Tyler Adams was chasing balls to the corner on yeah, the he press, was. knowing knowing that it, there was traps staff. happening like that. That I think is an important part. But if we're not going to do that, like we didn't do well in qualifying, then I totally agree with you, Charlie. And, and, and yeah. Charlie, I want to hop in on the Brendan Anson point because I think that he, with him scoring, a lot of people that I had were watching the game with, they they had Aronson as their man of the match. Mm. And, and it's interesting you bring up that up because when I think about the first half, it was all 100 miles an hour. Either we're going to get it done in the high press or we, we scored our first goal, which, by the way, I want to give a shout out to the hydration break. We came out of the hydration break <laughs> flying, by the way. Um, and, and we hit a long ball up over the top. Christian Pulisic, world-class first touch which obviously sets him up for uh, you know getting in control of that play and that sets up a tap in for Brendan Aronson. So it wasn't us like it wasn't like proper build up play. Now to your point about Matt Turner and playing out of the back, I thought in the second half there was an emphasis. I feel like Greg said, said something at halftime. We need to practice. We have a two goal lead. We need to get good at playing out of the practice. back. Why not do this now in a game that of course it has some meaning but we need to get better at playing out of this. So let's try it instead of just lumping it for under a little bit of pressure. But but I thought in the first half, we never, to your point, really settled the game down. And I think that might be the next evolution of Brendan Aronson as to when to go right. 100 miles an hour and when to yes. slow it down. Is that what you're speaking to? Yes, it is. And and you're gonna he's going to learn that the, the hard way in the Premier League because it is such a fast-paced league. And so so many so many games are, are won on the transition, and, and that's where he excels. But there's also games where he's going to need to, the team's going to rely on him to take the ball and keep possession. And to be able to, to dribble out of possession uh, out of out of tough situations sometimes, but also to find the next guy, and and just kind of circulate the ball. If he can if he can add that to his game, oh man, the the the, the potential is through the roof. But uh, what I also loved, and which I was really the real only main thing I cared about in this game, was some of the new faces and how they looked. In particular, Haji Wright. I that's really what I wanted to see. His hold up play he looks, was great. he looked so confident. He yeah. looked and. Jesus Ferreira is playing the best of his career. He's in the form of his life. And I think it speaks volumes that we no one's like, oh, he's the nine. Right. It's not even, it's not, it's like completely up for debate. And he's playing yeah. the best of his career. And he had his one chance and he fluffed it. Brilliant chance. Good movement. Found himself in a good spot, but fluffed it. So did Haji Wright. Yes, he did. He fluffed it. But he looked more dangerous. Hey, that's the thing. Runs. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, 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 wait, wait. But Haji Wright, real quick. When Sabachu, when 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 PFOC missed that, his chance, when he got his In chance and he missed it, we've we basically wrote him off. And and I'm not saying the three of us, but I'm saying generally people are like, no, he had his chance. He didn't take it. He didn't take it. But you could see with Haji Wright, there's just a different level that when he had his chance, and yeah, he finished his penalty and it was great at Pulisic to give it to him. You you could still even if even if he missed that you could still see this traditional number nine that we've been missing where there's not just like okay he's a big body he just has this different level to him that 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 I really yes. enjoyed I agree with you Charlie what I'll say I'm gonna jump in really quick about Haji Wright and I, we're all gonna be all over the place on this show I'm just gonna let everybody know right from the get go it's a recap man so we're much hot. to talk about I know I know I'm just like just like but but what I loved about Haji Wright and what I was looking at at him in particular was his hold up play. Because I don't know if we have a number nine that does that as consistently as I'd like. And a couple plays where he did hold up. We tried to play out of the back. He lays it off. He plays it into the middle. I remember mm-hmm. Kulisic gets it through, plays it in. And he ends up having that one chance that uh, he hit right at the goalkeeper. There was a save that the goalkeeper pushed to the left. 
But but that movement, that looking for that, that that, that is going to be super key. If he can do that consistently for us, I could see him being our starter. Now, I do want to say that I want to pour a drink out for Ricardo Pepe because he's got to be fuming. Not only did uh, he didn't get called in for a whole bunch of different reasons, but now Jesus Ferreira is taking his spot at FC Dallas, is crushing it, having the best season of his life. And now we're bringing in other players that could potentially replace him. And not necessarily... He might still make the team, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that we're relying on. He's got to do something. He's, he's got to do something. I'm just Jess saying Gordon's he's a young October. guy. Nobody's got his back right now. I just want to pour one out for him. Hey, Charlie, out hey Charlie Charlie was uh, uh, deep on the depth charts until he found his stuff, you know? Yeah. And he found that sauce. Well, maybe, and, maybe, Charlie, maybe, I mean, I in, your, in your opinion, was, it, was, there, was there a moment for you during your career that transitioned you from being like fringe, Trying to find your form, good club form, national team not quite there to being like, hey, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. Yeah, I've had, I had multiple instances of that. I mean, my first year playing professional in, in Sweden, it wasn't until the last game of the season where I scored my first league goals. It was a hat trick, and it was like, a, oh, you see, I, I can do it. And then that vaulted me into the next season to play at a super high level. But again, I, I still was far off the full men's national team, even though I was getting call-ups call here and there. I was I was way down the depth chart. I went to the Olympics. Then I get I put behind Brian McBride and Freddie Adu. Josie Aldador and myself are on the bench to McBride and Adu. So down the pecking order, I get one. McBride, one. who hadn't played in like six months, by the way, and trained for like two weeks. But right. that's a different conversation. <laughs> and, and then so then me and, and and so I get my last opportunity against the only opportunity I had to play against Nigeria in the last game. And I show out, but it's not enough time. So, mm -hmm. but that gave me enough confidence. And it wasn't until Confederations Cup. So I had all these chances with the national team. Nothing really stuck. I was never really comfortable. The last opportunity against Egypt coming in and everything clicked for me because I was able to just focus. But Charlie, on you were over 10 game. caps by that point, right? You were, you were well in like maybe 10 caps or more at that yeah. point. Yeah. So like it, it, it's not like we, we flip a switch, a, a young guy comes in and, and he no. smashes from the start. You got to keep yourself in the conversation. Then eventually you've got to, you've got to take your, take your chance. Now, some are going to get more chances than others because you see the upside and the potential there and, and it has more, more legs based on age and, and, and whatever the team needs at that time, more depth or whatever. But eventually you got to, you got to, you got to rise to the occasion, whether it's at club or, or, uh, but that's the only way you're going to, you're only going to get your chances by club form because you can come in and out of the national team, but the only way you're going to get back your, your opportunity and your shot is by producing for your club. And that's where Ricardo Pepe has to come through and, and show that, you know, that he can overcome the adversity, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which he's already proven on the national team level. But the only way you're going to get it again is by is by producing for your club. OK, so let's do this. Let's go line by line and then we'll give our man of the match. And we want everybody in the comments. If you're listening to this on podcast at a later time, hit us up at ISWT pod on Twitter. And speaking of which, if you're a resident of the United States of America, we're giving you the chance to win a hundred dollar Paramount Plus subscription. It grants you access to one of the biggest catalogs of live and on demand on-demand content, known to mankind, Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League, Serie A, Scottish Premiership, NWSL, NFL, movies, series. I mean, it's all happening. So make sure you follow ISWTPod on Twitter and drop your Twitter handle along with P Plus in the comments if you're watching live on the YouTubes. And if you're not, then uh, hit us up at ISWTPod on Twitter with P Plus as well as your comments. Make sure you drop us a follow and you'll be entered to win. That's it. It's easy. Easy peasy. All right, let's get into our line-by-line -line assessment of every player, including the subs that came on. And then we'll do our man of the match and everybody else, you got to join us as well. So Matt Turner, we'll go with goalkeeper, Matt Turner. 
comes in. People say, ah, he's got terrible feet. The guy's a number 10 back there. He's Ederson back there. He's just no problem. Smoking a cigarette, playing out of every situation. And he's a tremendous shot stopper. And he intimidated the Moroccan attacker for hitting the crossbar on the penalty. Got the clean sheet, much deserved. Uh, Charlie, I'm going to come to you first since I know you have a, a very close relationship with Matt Turner, given your Revs relationship. Mm-hmm. How do you think he played? And do you feel like he has done enough? And we've seen him now in this game and shown us maybe some other facets of his game that continue to get better, i.e. playing out of the back, that make him the number one right now. And is Zach Steffen also fuming with Ricardo Pepe? <laughs> yeah, Matt Turner showed uh, that he's making progress with his feet because at every opportunity, he wanted to show he could play the short ball and he didn't have to launch it long. With the Revs, he'll play it long. And he's already had this the, the, the interview over uh, this week where he was saying, Every time I go to the Revs, it feels like I have to restart because we don't play the same way I do with the national team. The focus isn't playing out of the back and me and me being able to get on the ball. It's putting you know the attackers in the final third. So I, I'm forced to kind of kick the ball along. And I'm not training like that because our coach doesn't train the same way with our feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think today was a statement that, hey, I can play out of the back. I can be that guy. And the more I train, which is going to happen in Arsenal, the better position I am to to lead this team. And I think that was that's the only question mark with Matt Turner because he's improved in every other area of his game. And I think he's stronger at the moment in every other facet of his game was when it comes to Zach Steffen right now because Zach Steffen's not in form and he's not playing consistently. So if Matt Turner goes over to England, now he's on the same level as, as Zach in training. That's all you need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Greg Berhalter's mind because you're working on your game every single day. Now, will minutes and game minutes, match fitness be an issue to Greg Berhalter? No. Of course. No, you don't think so? I, I, I think guess it doesn't matter. It, all of our guys keepers, are going to I think anyway. not. Right. Okay. I, I think with keepers, no. So, but, so um, yeah. I mean, he said, uh, Greg Berhalter said he's going to play the hot hat and come World Cup time. He's going to play right. the hot hand. That's a very Casey that's Keller. That's a relative. That's, Remember yeah. when Bruce had to do that with Casey Keller and Brad Friedel. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what they were talking about was that during that time, Greg Berhalter was talking about Friedel and Keller and Tim Howard to an extent coming up from behind Miola before that. There was just this. Hey, this shout out to Marcus Hanneman, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hanneman Armando. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was, oh, there's always been a good crop of goalkeepers for the U.S. And, and playing the hot hand is, is, relative because that doesn't you're also not saying they've got to be playing the hot hand could be the best player that you have on the national team in a run of form you know matt turner could go to uh spend the next four or five months not playing any matches but could be the hot hand in the few matches that he gets with the national team it's all it's open for interpretation so my my, yeah go ahead no No, i was was gonna lead you into a little bit of a different let's say question same same player matt turner Mm -hmm. but as a former defender heath do you feel like as much as we want our goalkeepers to be competent with their feet, as a center back, I, I really like a, a, a goalkeeper that's got good communication skills, mm-hmm. a good shot stopper, good off of his line, confident off his line, and not just not just Manuel Neuer-esque where he's you know 30 yards and he's reading all through the through balls. Not necessarily there, but also on crosses, on set pieces, somebody who's confident and owns the box. Not to say that Zach Steffen doesn't do that stuff, but I feel like Matt Turner might be or feels like he might be a little bit more consistent than Zach at some of these, and that might just be down to a well, lack it's, of It's a, a little recency bias on, is, on Zach Steffen in, sure. current, in current state. Zach Steffen's traditionally been very confident in, in his movements, but he's now hit this dip where he's going in and out of injury. He's not playing games. And then we saw a couple games in a row, both in England as well as the national team, a lack of confidence in, in timing of when to come off his line, 
when to make those big plays. We saw it even a year ago uh, in, in in England, not the Premier League. I guess it was the FA Cup, but but you know, same sort of thing. That lack mm-hmm. of experience of knowing time and place of when to make those types of plays, which I worry about uh, that becoming not habit, but his lack of ability to make new habits because he's not getting the time to make those habits. Uh, but I'm okay with not having a great goal- goalkeeper who's great with his feet because we don't have center backs that are great with their feet now. Now, if we were talking about a different time where we need uh, Matt Turner to be able to connect in the way that Zach Steffen can, a little clip ball after we're under pressure for a long time to slow it down to our center backs who are going to play through, great. But the way in which we play today where we have three and, and Robinson pushes up and it allows our midfielders to come deeper and be a little bit more connected, that's that's fine because those players, you only got to make one pass and then you you can kind of play through that or you can lump it up and we've got numbers around the ball. So I don't need, I mean, I, we lived in a dreamland for a while where we, we were holding every player in the national team pool to a higher expectation, which we should. But if, if, if Matt Turner makes the plays that he needs to defensively, like you said, if he's confident coming off his line from wide areas, if he's confident supporting that back line on through balls and things like that, and just making those plays, I'm happy with it. Same, same, same. All right, so let's move to the back line. Uh, Charlie, give me your thoughts on just the starting lineup. First, we had Reggie Cannon right back. Thought he played really well. Just jump in here. Walker Zimmerman, solid as always. Uh, Aaron Long, I thought good recovery speed. Uh, you know, I think that when he's isolated 1v1, I'm not nervous. I think that's a good sign of, of any good center back that has it. I, I, I got of curious about your guys' thoughts on, on those two center backs and that pairing overall. And then Anthony Robinson, who had a tough matchup against Hakimi. But I thought overall he he held himself pretty well. I thought Hakimi was a little bit off the pace for whatever mm-hmm. reason today, trying to do too much. He almost seemed like Hakimi that it was almost too good for that game. Like he can't be bothered to play in this meaningless friendly in Cincinnati against kind the of US. vacation game. Yeah, yeah they, just got, I mean, they just got in two days ago, by the way. It wasn't right. like they. Yeah, and you know. I think that showed. And and yeah. uh, I guess that should be taken into consideration as well. And I'm I'm curious. We'll get into some early thoughts about the Uruguay game because we'll have a special preview it for it on Friday. But but Cannon Zimmerman, Aaron Long, and then Robinson halftime. Cameron Carter-Vickers came in for Zimmerman and Joe Scally comes back in. Now, now Carter-Vickers hadn't been with the team or hadn't played for the U.S. in three years, almost three years to the day. Joe Scally makes his international debut and they're like, hey, we're going to put you on the left side against Hakimi. Good luck with that. But those were the six defenders that played throughout the game. Give me your thoughts on the starting lineup. Did you like Greg's choices and, and the subs that came in as well? Yeah, I mean, I do like Greg's choices. I thought Reggie Cannon was... You know, we we know what we're going to get from Reggie Cannon. Uh, pretty consistent defensively, uh, attacking still left. Uh, I think left to be desired in the, in the attacking attacking third. Zimmerman the long ball. I mean, to to Christian Pulisic on the first goal, fantastic. He was the best defender uh, tonight in the back line. I thought Aaron Long was good. I wouldn't say great. I wouldn't say, you know, has cemented himself as as the partner. But I thought he was he was good. Let me cut um, in there. Aaron Long yeah. got handed the captain's armband when Christian Pulisic went off. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there as clearly yeah, as we discussed that, before that that Greg really loves Aaron Long, and I think that showed again tonight. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't put too much stock in that in terms of like you're being you're going to be the guy. Um, and then uh, Tyler uh, Adams is on the field. Weston McKinney was on the field. They could. Yeah, I'm true, just I'm just still, saying. I'm just yeah. saying. Went to Aaron Long. Um, keep, keep going. And Anthony Robinson, I think he was solid. But nothing to to you know, I wouldn't say he was at eight, nine, or ten or anything like that. But he was solid. So, like you said, Morocco was kind of in neutral for for large portions of the game, and I thought they did try to do a little bit more in the second half. And uh, you know, Hakimi is one who I think he got better as the time went on, and Joe Scally unfortunately had to deal with that. And if it 
you know, there, there were times where I thought Joe Scally was out of position. I thought Cameron Carter Vickers um, on the one cross lost his man. Mm-hmm. And we're, we, we're talking about that's your one job, <laughs> you know, like right, right. You, you had been guilty of that at times before in his career of not tracking set, uh, forwards and, and, you know, being in the right position. So I thought, you know, as, as solid as his touches may have been after that, there's still that's the one glaring mistake for me. Okay, Heath, what are your thoughts on uh, any of the defenders, all of the defenders? I, yeah. I thought Aaron Long, just to jump in on him, did have some heroic defending. He covered for Anthony Robinson a few times. Again, I do like his recovery speed, and if his anticipation skills are good, then I don't see anybody really outrunning him per se. But um, yeah, you know, got, is, he, is he back in the conversation? I mean, is he now he, the, the replacement for Miles Robinson? He is, but I, I, I do feel like... I agree with Charlie that that Aaron Long was good, but he wasn't great. He didn't look super comfortable for 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 some periods. But I also agree with you, Jimmy, that his recovery speed allows him to get away with a lot. He's got he's got pace to him that allows him to sort of clean up some of the messes that he's working through right now of getting back to the level that he was. He doesn't seem like he's back at that level. Uh, I think Cannon was good. Uh, I think he did the job that was asked of him, which was a a little bit weird because they were doing a sort of hybrid three five two in the buildup where he sort of sat back far deeper, was much more connected defensively as well than Robinson was, who had a little bit more of a free mm-hmm. free reign uh, in a lot of ways. I thought Robinson was solid, but but again, not not super great, but helps the team sort of stretch that allowed Pulisic to drop underneath and get the ball in decent spots facing the field, uh, which today, which normally I would have been pissed off about because I don't want Pulisic getting the ball that far back. But today, because there was this movement a little more connected, uh, I, I didn't mind it. And then I thought Zimmerman was, was, was just solid again, just another, another solid performance from him. Very good. That through ball that shows his range of passing. I don't think he's a great passer, but again, when you're going to stretch, when, when you've got to be able to take what the game gives you and that's to lump that ball in behind to put that into a challenge where Christian Pulisic can bring it down and, and set up that goal. I thought was fantastic. So overall solid from, from everybody. And then obviously with the subs, Joe Scally, I was kind of like indifferent, on his performance so far, which I think is a good thing. Like he didn't, he didn't fail the national team test, but you know, again, wasn't, wasn't something didn't pass, uh, didn't fail, didn't pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't fail, didn't pass. Like I need, like I need to see it again. Mm -hmm. type of thing. I need to see him in another, in another match. Um, But he did get a decent run of time. It just, I, it was a little bit like he's athletic. You can see he's got some pace, but, um, but yeah, overall that was solid. Cameron Carter Vickers, same thing, did the job that he needed to do, but I still, I kind of see his movements a little bit off the international pace at times His uh, when I was just kind of watching him off the ball. But he made all the plays that he needed to make other than, you know, missed a header that should have fallen down, didn't track his runner on one that, that they could have finished. A couple of those types of things where, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. where I was a little bit little bit nervous. But, but overall, again, another didn't pass, didn't fail type of performance from him. All right, I'll jump in and say Reggie Cannon, what I love the most about him was his energy. He just felt like he was ready to do what was asked of him. And, and then some, he was his, just his ability and his desire to want to close the ball down. I thought was excellent. And, and that's contagious when you see a player or two that like, they're going to go get it. They're going to make it difficult for the opponent. It's really easy to buy in and make sure you follow and make sure your spacing's right there. I love that about him. Uh, Zimmerman uh, solid. What I like about that pass that he made as well was the recognition of the pass that, that this is what they are giving us. Let's give it a shot. Pulisic makes a good run. He ends up having a great first touch, and, and Walker saw it and made the pass. Aaron Long, I thought that he had a good, solid performance. I saw some things that I liked. Uh, you know, when you're doing reactive defending, he's very good at that, but I hope that with his partnership with Zimmerman, I'd, I'd love to hear from Tyler and Walker about how it was to play with Aaron. Uh, Anthony Robinson, one of my favorite things about Anthony, 
and this is his biggest strength for sure, is his desire to get forward. When that guy runs with purpose, it is so hard for other teams to defend. Hakimi got caught out one time, and I think Christian played up a ball into space, and he's just gone. And it's, now he's one-on-one with their a center back, which is if the more we can have that happen, the better off we're going to be. I just wish he'd get more crosses off per half. I think that would be my bigger ask of him, either whether they're deep or whether it gets to the end line. Can we know that we're going to get you know, three to five crosses from you every single half, I think would be a goal to set out for. Scally, I agree with your guys' sentiments there. Carter Vickers, I think, looked pretty solid. Obviously, he's probably nervous. Both those guys are. They're trying to win a spot to get on the roster in a short period of time in 45 minutes. But I thought overall, they were pretty good. Let's talk. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. About the midfield now, boys. Heath, I'm going to come to you first. Brendan Aronson running the number 10 spot. Eunice Musa running the number eight spot. And Tyler Adams running the number six spot. You'd already talked about earlier, you liked, the, you liked the balance of that particular midfield three, maybe a little bit different than what we've seen with Weston McKinney. I tweeted after the game that what I like now is when we see this emergence of some players, and even when Weston McKinney came on, I thought Aronson did so well, or at least the midfield looked like they were fluid and, and, and making plays and really understanding what they wanted to do and how they were going to do it, that maybe that's put McKinney under some pressure that, boy, you better, you better play well. <laughs> Otherwise, it could be, it could be really tough for you to find minutes. So I'm kind of curious, looking very, very briefly ahead to Uruguay, I'd like to see McKinney, Aronson, and Adams in that particular game, just so we can see what that looks like. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Did you like this starting lineup, Heath Pierce, from from uh, Mr. Greg Berhalter? Yeah, I, I, I disagree with wanting to see that three because I just, I continue to not, I continue to think that Yunus Musa needs to be on the field. He's the one. I, I still think that he's just. Has consistent. he had a bad performance for the U.S.? I don't know if I mean, he has. Yeah, yeah, he's ha- he, he has had a bad performance. I'd like say a Charlie yeah, coming in with the truth. Just, yeah, just like, <laughs> but, but I'd say average is is still very high. His average, yeah, especially for being as young as he is. He just, he still has something that we saw with De La Torre a little bit when he came on with this ability to just advance the ball, and I think the U.S. really struggles to advance the ball. And I still think we're a little bit disconnected in what to do when we get to that point because while I like the three today and the way that they were able to play through moments, all wanting the ball with in tight spots and play in and out and out the other side, we still don't, we still can't get our striker involved in the first half. We still don't get Jesus Ferrer. And now in transition, we got him in a few good spots, uh, winning the ball higher up the field, as Charlie mentioned before. But I still think we struggle to to, to find that connectivity with with our striker, which makes that striker question of what do we need from that striker? If not, we saw with Pulisic over the top, I think Timo Weah, we've seen that verticality. There still could be an argument there. I think the Ferreira thing is still up for debate, as Charlie mentioned before. But overall, with the three in the midfield, I, I, I just like the way in which they played, more so in the press, making the game predictable, uh, of playing to our strengths of the players that we have versus you know trying to play through teams and build up because I, I i agree i don't think brendan aronson was great in in being in those little half spaces in the way that Pulisic is where he's on the half turn and then his first touch is forward and we break the lines of pressure on the dribble but i like i like i just like the energy of that group i thought they played really well together i think they they were predictable and they're pressing and i think we won the ball in good spots primarily because that initiation or that trigger from that front three 
now allowed those players, those three midfielders, to take to kind of all advance one player forward and and win the ball. And Bernardson's fantastic at poking the ball away. Tyler Adams is fantastic yeah. at poking the ball away, and that allowed us to get into some spots and almost shake, uh, make make Morocco get a little bit shook on on our ability to to kind of win some of those those sort of 50-50 balls uh, that that could become dangerous, and they stopped sort of doing that, even though I did like, um, I can't remember his name from from Morocco, their, their number six, uh, Amrabat, who is fantastic on the ball. Okay, so Charlie, I'm going to come to you, and then I'll go back to Heath for the subs here. Did you like, I know we've already talked about Brendan Aronson and, and him speeding up the game and slowing it down. We don't necessarily have to dive into that, but did you like the combination of these three particular players? Because I think Tyler Adams actually I thought was did very, very well looking for the ball and helping us play out of maybe some tight spots, especially in the, I remember it in the first half where he was going to seek it out and, and trying to play forward from that. One of the things I was looking at today was our transition game that when we do try to build out or if we win it quickly, how quickly can we get it to the next person they can play forward and try to break that line? And I thought Tyler Adams did that a few times in the first half. And I was, I was like, yes, I'm like a proud dad over here. But, but Musa, I, I thought he found himself in good spots, as you mentioned before. He does an amazing job of running and breaking the lines mm -hmm. uh, with the ball. It's always that, what is he going to do next once he gets into that next phase, yes. when, when that next line steps up to him? I think that is still... Same with be, Pulisic, by the way. Yes, like, yes. And then, and then, and then obviously, uh, with, with Aronson, my big question for them, and I think you, were, uh, you weren't on the show yet, was was he going to run into the same spaces that Pulisic was? Because Pulisic likes to come inside to find the ball. But I thought they did a pretty good job of that, all things considered, Charlie. I would say, you know, it was easy for Greg Berhalter because McKinney couldn't start. So mm -hmm. that allowed mm -hmm. you to see Aronson in that position. But McKinney's going to start. So at the end of the day, you have one spot and maybe four players could play there. I, so Musa's got to play. Right, especially if he's going to continue to develop once he breaks the lines, closing down that space, drawing, make sure you continue to keep going to draw a defender into to, to the ball, and then you can find the next guy. Right, and, and Christian making that run in behind where Zimmerman could play him that long ball. That's the type of, of run you want to see from Christian getting in behind. We hadn't, we didn't see, we don't right, see that from right. him often. Right, so that movement shows me okay, there's progress already. He's not coming to check for the ball all the time like Jesus Ferreira was doing. So now if you throw in Haji Wright, which changes the dynamic of the front three, mm -hmm. maybe that's what you needed because it wasn't that Haji Wright blew your socks off with his performance tonight, but it was so promising. That's why I'm hyped about it because it was promising. His runs, the way mm -hmm. he got on the ball, the way he did check and combined, he he was a, he, he could come, play the ball, and then immediately was was – running to, to lead the line, right? To be the, the last guy. So I, I like the fact that he showed some really good movements. It wasn't that he was uh, uh, effective in the final third, like that one ball that was played in 1v1. He kind of missed the touch but kept it alive, and then they were able to get the goal. Mm -hmm. So there, there are still facets he needs to improve. But for his first real performance, I, I like what I saw. Like okay. I'm encouraged. All right, so oh, what I was going to add is is what I'm hearing from you about Brendan Aronson in particular is McKinney's a starter. Musa has to play from both of you, and Tyler Adams obviously is a lock, yeah, which so. means it's kind of looking like Brendan Aronson, hey, buddy, you've been playing really well. We really like everything that you're doing, but you're probably going to be a super sub for us. That's going to be a harsh talk I think that Greg's going to have to have. It depends on the way you want to play. Depends on if, if I, I guess it depends if, on the if, opponent. If, if you think that you can't play through opponents – 
And you can't get McKinney, the best out of McKinney in the way that we play. Because I don't think he's got the X factor. He can score the big goals. He can do those things. But I still don't think we get the most out of Weston McKinney in the way that this national team plays. I think the way that we played today, you get the most out of uh, uh, um, uh, Brendan Aronson on the field than, than a Weston McKinney. When Weston came on, he was clean. He was simple. He was connecting the game. And I, I love that about his game. Different style of play or, 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 or different. Not that he doesn't have the engine or the pace. But I, I just saw something different in that midfield three. Again, different opponent, different, very different than qualifying that we've seen before. But yeah, just just the thought. Okay, so about the subs, we got Malik Tillman who came on and uh, he was trying stuff. I like that he already had that confidence when he came on the field. Luca De La Torre, I remember in particular, did some really great run between the lines to to set up. He's got nice, clean passes. The weight of his passes are probably my favorite thing about Luca De La Torre. It's just, it's always, there's thought behind it. You know, every, everything is... He's, he's, he's thinking the game in a way that uh, maybe some of our other players are in a big rush. He seems to be the one that likes to slow it down, Charlie, and, and knows when to pick those spots to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And then we have Weston McKinney who came on, and I thought he looked pretty vibrant, all things considered. He came on. I remember him having a good one touch into the middle and, and looking to play and move. I love that about Weston McKinney. It's not only his clutch factor, because he's obviously a tremendous goal scorer when we need him to be. He always seems to step up in the big moments. But the fact that he always likes to play and move, he doesn't, he doesn't like to slow the game down. And, and maybe that's just the type of team that we have, Charlie, with regard to our subs. I mean, how are you feeling about, uh, I know you talked about Tillman a little bit, I think, but, um, but, uh, but, uh, any, any of those other guys performances stand out for you or are you just, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of Luca Del Torre's game too, but at the end of the day, he's, he's in a bad position because of the players in front of him. Yeah. So as in, in terms of a super sub, he could also be one of those guys that's brought in if we have a lead, you know, got to keep possession. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're up a man. That's that's the type of sub you bring on, right? So I love the fact that we have so many options and depth pieces for for tactical. Did you just changes. say if we're up a man? Yeah, if there's a red card, are we bringing a guy to the World Cup in case there's a red card? No. <laughs> Why not? Can, can, can you play twelve players? Can you no. play thirteen players? No. No. So if Luca Della Torre is not going to play, the only way he's going to come on the pitch is I if agree. I, he is a very specialty so specialty he's, type he's of player. He's not, not going to play over. He's a, he's a very he is a game scenario type of player. The the scenario has to be right for Luca Della Torre. Luca Della Torre. Luca Della Torre to have an impact. I fully agree. I'm just giving you a hard time. So so you guys both played with Paco Torres, right? Yeah. And and yeah. I don't know if they're the same exact player, but Paco no, also. I, I don't. But they but the they brought that same kind of. He liked to keep the ball. He liked to play. He liked to, you know, I mean, that's, that's, a, I mean, they're not like for like, but, but I remember Paco Torres feeling like he was very similar that we're going to use him for a specific opponent or for, or for specific situations. And as Chudy says, Luca will be on the plane to Qatar, but unfortunately he's not dynamic enough to start every game. He'll start at least one game in Qatar. Um, Are you talking about uh, Gringo Torres? We're talking about, I'm talking about Gringo Torres. Yeah. 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 Yeah, different yeah, yeah. player, but like, yeah, but different I, I, player. But I'm just but, saying, like, but, he felt very specialized. Did you, you want to bring like him in? Benny, for... Would you say more like Benny Fulhaber, Luca Del Torre? Mm, that's not a bad shout. Benny's a great passer of the ball, by the way. Still feel yeah, like he was underrated in ben, passing. Ben, Benny was, but I thought Benny was also had Benny had a, a few more elements that I thought of of Eunice Musa in him at this point in terms of being able to kind of at least break lines of pressure on he the dribble have, or like Eunice power though. He didn't have his power, but he had, he at least had this ability to get out of tight spots. And, and I know, I know that De La Torre does as well, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, maybe, maybe there is some more similarities than I thought with, with the two of them. Um, 
Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Actually. But Benny was Benny Benny was wasn't always side to side though. Benny could advance the ball yeah. as well and get into the attack. All right, so let's talk about the front line because uh, the front three that is. We started with Christian Pulisic, Jesus Ferreira, and Timo Weah. Timo Weah scored. Pulisic had an assist, could have scored, but gave up his penalty to Haji. Right? What a nice guy. <laughs> and then uh, Ferreira, I thought was pretty quiet in the first half until that chance there right before halftime where he could have made it three zero. Maybe could have done a little bit more with it. Charlie talked about it a little bit as that big opportunity that he missed. Heath also described uh, very similar to PFOC in Mexico City against Mexico. Where, that was hey, man, even, you got you got to take these chances if you want to hold even, on to this position. That was a we, bigger chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so you, if you don't capitalize on these opportunities, somebody else is going to come in and capitalize on it. So, so... Heath, I'll come to you first on this front line. I was I was pretty happy with all all three of those guys. Ferreira, obviously, I wish that he would have done a little bit more. But when Haji Wright came in, I can't say enough about his holdup play and how valuable I think that is to our team, especially in transition. <laughs> it's so funny how much we wanted to get rid of just a traditional target striker until we stopped having a traditional target striker. Right? We wanted something a little more dynamic, a little more modern, a little less of a, a post up player. But when you watch players like Kareem Benzema, now he's the full package. He's a world class player. But his hold-up play, he checks in, gets the ball, lays it off, goes back up top. Checks in, gets the ball, lays it off, goes up top. Now, what he does in the box is goal scoring is, is world-class and, 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 and completely different than anything we'll probably ever have. But his hold-up play is what, what I'm most impressed by Kareem Benzema as, as a player. When I see a striker that can just occupy space, hold the ball, lay it off, draw fouls, do some of that dirty work, bring other players into it. He had a little flick. He had a you know, spin out, that type of stuff. I just really appreciate that in a striker. Ferreira still feels like another type of striker that we're having trouble finding or getting involved for long periods of the game. Christian Pulisic, I think, is still still trying to find himself. Now, unbelievable touch in the attack. The things he did well, he did really well. But there's still a wastefulness to him driving into no space, trying to do more than he needs to do with the quality that this team has now. And I think that's something to him still trying to find himself. By the way, Christian Pulisic calling out the U.S. soccer fans after the game tonight. I don't know if you guys have seen any of that, but saying I'm not super happy with the amount of fans here, thanks to the ones who did come. So definitely not satisfied uh, with the U.S. fan base. So that's a little <laughs> knock on his uh, performance right is now. This, is this where uh, the fans go back and say, well, maybe you shouldn't have ticket prices be astronomical? And maybe well, we'll you know, it's that new CBA <laughs> where you get that sellout bonus, baby. We need we need to sell out the stadium. <laughs> oh, uh, but, yeah. but but uh, but no, he, he did he did he did call out the fans, which is which is something for for we can discuss another time because we got a lot of these shows coming up over the next six years. Um, but but and then and then on the on the right side again, Timo Weah. Uh, there's times that you know Christian Pulisic could have laid one off to to Yunus Musa on the slip through, got a corner out of it. Okay, I'm not mad about that. Again, it's not the perfect decision, but he made a good decision to have a shot. Team away some, sometimes too. I look at it and I go, man, there's a better option out there. But mm -hmm. I just like his directness. And if we don't have people who are willing to take a shot, who are willing to take a chance, top of the box, one, two touch, set up and hit, uh, then then we're never going to get near the goal. And I and I I just like. Of all the players on the field, Timo Weah's game is probably the most predictable because it's kind of got some old school elements to it, right? Get down to the touchline, cross it in, get the ball, go to the goal, attack, shoot. Uh, and some of our other players seem like they beat the first man and then they go, oh man, what do I do now? Do I pass? Do I shoot? And there's that confusion. Whereas his game, I think, makes the rest of the players on the field know what's going to happen next. And I, I just, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the form that he's in and, and his evolution within the national team. Okay, so Charlie, as I segue from Heath's insight, which I value, to to you, I want to ask you, given the performance of Jesus Ferrer and Haji Wright and Timo Weah playing out wide right, 
Do you want to still see Timo Weah at the number nine spot? Because yes, there's I a do. part of me that wants to see Haji Wright start against Uruguay when maybe he's not going up against tired Moroccan defenders. They did look down tired, 2 by the way. 0. And, yeah. and I want to see what he looks like against, you know, very healthy, robust. Uh, yeah, Diego Godin's maybe like 75 years old, but still he'll be fresh at the start of a <laughs> game. So for smart. Uruguay. I've Either never heard way. anybody yeah, get described as healthy and robust. But. <laughs> <laughs> the robust it's been part. A long yeah. day, dude. That's been watching, a lot of, been watching a lot of soccer. Healthy yeah, that, that defender is robust. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, I think Haji Wright has got to start against Uruguay, but I, I'd love to see Timothy Weah too because we're also talking about getting all the best players on the pitch. And in a, a likely scenario where – Timothy Weah is balling, you know, Musa's balling, Aronson's balling, McKinney and Adams. You have to figure a way to get them all on the pitch. And if that means moving Timothy Weah to the nine, then that's what you do. Unless Hodge Wright takes another step and, and he just takes off from here, he, from this point on. So this next game, I think, is uh, is massive for him because he has been promising. Jesus Ferreira, I think, you know, there's there's players that needed to help their stock. I think he hurt his stock tonight. Hmm. And 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 it was because he's in the form of his life for club that doesn't necessarily mean it translates to the national team and it doesn't necessarily mean that If he finished it, his chance would it be, would you feel differently? Yes, I would. Finished. Yes. But ultimately it goes back to the people conversation. He's one dimensional. Yeah. And if you're not going to score, which is really the only thing you you have shown that you can do, because mm-hmm. your whole, his hold up play hasn't been great, doesn't make great runs, can't dribble for 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 nothing. So, she's a lead, Charlie. And if you can't if you can't score, <laughs> what, a, what an internet bully. <laughs> if if you can't score, right, then can't dribble what, for nothing. We, we, we <laughs> no first touch, can't finish, can't shoot, can't dribble. <laughs> In the, form of, in the form of his life. That's got to be a that's, that's be a t-shirt. In the form uh, of his life. Can't uh, dribble for nothing. But, but you know, like I, I, I think of what else can you give me Yeah. if, if you're not scoring? Well, he looks healthy and robust. I don't know if that matters. But, yeah. <laughs> wasn't, but wasn't that what I don't you know like if he's robust, Pepe, though? though. Pepe, I, gives, Pepe gives you <laughs> things even when he's not scoring, but you want him to score, right? Isn't that what makes Pepe, at least in my opinion, a little bit more dynamic is – he brings other players in. He gets involved. He seems to have that mm-hmm. creativity of players around him. And but, Jesus Ferreira, I feel like, yeah, but still, I agree with you. But, but the, uh, I think the question still remains. Is, is he good enough yeah. to, to play for the U.S. in a World Cup match against that quality? And the fact that he's in the form of his life and people are still unsure, I think that speaks volumes to me. So, um, And then tonight, wasn't able to capitalize on that one chance. Neither was Haji. But I think Haji was still like in it, he was still making good runs. He was still active and, and engaged. And Jesus was, was quiet. He was almost like hiding for large instances of the game. And as a striker, you can <laughs> you maybe do that as a, as a defender, as a defensive midfielder, and you're quiet. Okay, fine. But as a striker, you got to be involved. You got to be constantly making runs. You got to be constantly running the channels, whether you get it or you don't. Maybe you're opening space, checking the movement and being involved. And, and he did get find the ball. I, I like that from Haji. Yeah, Charlie does not like his. 
<laughs> I know that I was talking about I, I was talking about Peefok though. I, when oh, it came to dribbling. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Oh, I thought you were talking about his is Ferrero the whole no, time. No, I was talking about Peefok. Oh, got it, got it. Jeez, I'm like, man, he just played. He's just doing the best he can. What's all right? We're gonna clip it up anyway before you go before you go and correct us, and we're gonna post it. So Jesus has been balling. I'm not gonna say he can't dribble for nothing. I'm talking about Peefok. Got it, got it. That makes a lot more sense. I thought you were talking about Ferrero. I'm like, God, thank you. Wow, I'm glad we had that moment to clarify your thoughts. Yeah, All right, before we get to the like man I'm of the match, though, here. everybody, I'm just going to be completely honest. We're trying to build up our following on Twitter. Make sure you follow us at ISWT Pod on the Twitter. And if you do that, then you have a chance to win a $100 gift card from Paramount+. Plus. We got the Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League, NWSL, Serie A, Scottish Premiership, the Argentine League, the Brazilian League. It goes on and on and on. Then you got series, you got movies, you got the NFL. It's all popping off on paramount plus so make sure you drop us a follow leave p plus on the twitters to make sure that you followed us or if you want to do it in the comments right now on youtube make that happen hit like and subscribe first that would be cool too but put your twitter handle in the comments and put p plus make sure you follow us because we want to build that up and we're going to reward you for doing so we're going to continue to do that all summer long we want to reward you it's exactly right so let's talk about our man of the match and then actually i want to spend just a couple minutes our final thoughts about scotland versus ukraine but man of the match Charlie, I'm going to come to you first. Who is your man of the match for USA versus Morocco? Big 3-0 win for our men's national team. Oh, boy. Putting you on the spot. I'm so glad he went to you first. I'm thinking too <laughs> right now. You, you want me to go first? Yeah, go yeah, ahead, you Jimmy. go first. Okay. Now, there's a lot of haters out there of this particular <laughs> Oh, don't preface. Wait, wait, don't look, preface. How look how he's done. Like, like, give me a better match. Oh, well, guys, there's a lot of haters out there. There is. There is. A lot. A lot of haters. Okay. For a lot of different reasons. He's going to yeah. say Walker Zimmerman for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go with Greg Berhalter. Oh. I thought that Greg got the lineup a, right. You got to give a player. You can't yeah, give a Jimmy, player. Don't I, change the, the man rules. of the match for me no. was Greg no. Berhalter. You have to give a Listen, player. Listen, he got his – I thought the tactics were good. I thought the lineup was good. I thought the great. Good. The buy-in Stop. from the players was great. Give us a player. Give us That's a great. player. And because, no, Jimmy, yeah. and because he was so good, he got the most out of his players – and the player that he got the most out of today was Was who? Heath. Go ahead. Tell us who that is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm going to go with uh, – I, I think I'm going to go with either – I would go with either Brendan Aronson or Timo I'm going to go with Musa. I'm going to yeah? go with Musa. Yeah, Musa. Okay. Musa. I like that. Sh- That's a good shot. I'm going to go with Musa. It, it, it's weird because there was these moments and windows where I thought Musa was really good. But mm-hmm. then I think about other periods where I'm like, ah, you know, he wasn't not good. But man of the match, like usually we've seen somebody be a star – on our national team, Christian Pulisic in moments, you're like amazing. But then he, you know, dribbled into nothing four or five times. And I'm like, damn it. Um, and but he so, had the stats, the, but he had the, the stats, but so did Brendan Aronson. I really like Brendan Aronson in that spot because he's been in the national team. His last couple of times that they put him at that 10 spot hasn't been effective at all. Um, and so uh, I, I, I liked his willingness to get forward. Obviously he got a tap in a, of a goal, but willingness to make that run to get there, I thought was, was good. Uh, and and then just some of the things that he done make did making the game uh, predictable only because of the fact that I, I I have some trust issues right now with with the national team's ability to play through pressure to to just have a little bit more of a build up play so I guess I'll go with Brendan Aronson for for my man of the match that works yeah I like Brendan Aronson as well uh, I do think to Charlie's point earlier on just continuing to find that time of when to go quick and when to slow it down I think would be really helpful for us in transition especially if we want to make other teams suffer sometimes we we go so fast we never ever make the other team have to shift and move and get a little bit tired. We're always going hundred miles an hour, always trying to hit that home run. Yeah. He doesn't have that pass. tranquilo. He doesn't have that. He doesn't. And, and I think that might be, you know, it's one of those things, the biggest strength, also potentially one of your biggest weaknesses. But I, I think he, 
he understands the game so well. And, and I don't know if Leeds is going to help him any in that because they like to go 100 <laughs> miles an hour too. But, but Same I with Tyler Adams, by the way. Tyler Adams goes 100 miles an hour. He's not a he calm. Does. If you he watch does. Morocco's midfielder, oh, pull a guy into your back, two touches, spin out the other side, hit a dime on a laser to the other side, and now you've yeah. broken pressure and you're going on a counterattack. We don't have, we don't have, Junus Musa is the only one that I, I know that has that, you know, that, that, uh, you know, Spanish style of like, you know, yeah, tranquilo. It, I would also say people are asking, would you take that PK? I would have taken that PK. I'm just telling you right now, if, if, if it, if it was me and I'm in that position, I'm grabbing mm-hmm. that ball. I'm not handing a PK. I'm giving somebody else a goal for confidence. But that's his leadership. That's yeah, but this is Keith Pierce had tweeted about it. hundred percent. Really but good tweet. but uh, on a national team, I feel like you don't need to be given confidence to somebody. I'm going to delete know? that tweet anyway, Jimmy, because Christian Pulisic called out the fans after that. After, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm taking that PK and I'm scoring. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess Pulisic is out of the man of the match thing if you're calling out yeah. the fans do, for not do being th- out there to support. I'll, I'll give you this. Do you think Landon was handing that ball to somebody? Well, it depends if it's like him and Clint on the field at the same time. Probably not. He's no, he's no Landon's squatting. <laughs> Landon's, Landon's never... squatting down. He's kissing that hummingbird, doing the, seven, <laughs> the seventeen other things he's got to do, and yeah. he's hitting that penalty no matter what. He's doing sure. that. I, I do want to give a, a quick nod to Matt Turner because there was about ten minutes in the first half where they had a couple good chances, and I thought that he made a couple good saves and, and just kind of kept us in it and made sure that the defense was you know staying off of his lap. And also doing a couple things. And and those are the timely saves that maybe we're taking for granted in this performance. Because had Morocco scored one of those goals, I think we're looking at this game in a much different way. So I wanted to give him a nod. Pulisic obviously, you know, set up as Aronson, got the penalty as well, handed it off to Haji Wright as we discussed. He's got to be in the conversation. But uh, if I, we I won liked- one nil or two nil, I probably I, I I may have gone with Turner because he had that save on the back post that he cleared wide of of that uh, attacker that was sitting there for the tap in. And those types of moments when you think one nil and solid performances all around and the saves that he had and his passing, you know, passing completion. No, like you didn't see any sort of panic from him. Uh, I would have given it to him. But with a three, no, I'm like, I got to give it to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with your guys' choices. I think they're good ones. I think Pulisic should be in there as well. But I just want to give a nod to to Matt Turner. You don't and, agree. Uh, you gave it to Greg Berhalter, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I did. I, well, I gave it to him. It's like more like it. I gave him the overall. You're, you Jeez did Louise. a good you did a good job, man. I gave him a star at school for showing up on time. Okay, Charlie. Hey, we 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 go out. We beat Morocco three 0 We go in the locker room. We're all celebrating because like the team's playing well. He gives well. himself the game Jimmy, ball, dude. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy gets up in the locker room. Is like, guys, we couldn't have done this without Greg today. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> I would that? never have no? done that. No, no, I would have given it to the equipment manager who has the most thankless <laughs> job of all time. Listen, let's get to our final thoughts. And yep. the final thing that I want to bring up is Scotland versus Ukraine because Scotland should have won this game. They lost three one to a Ukrainian team where a lot of the guys haven't played for months. They're obviously under an incredible amount of emotional duress given the situation with the Russian invasion. And Scotland should have won. They've had the preparation. They're playing at home at Hampton Park, very difficult place to play. And Ukraine played them off the field for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And leaving, if Ooh. possible, leaving that emotional stuff to the side, I want Wales or Scotland to go through, or I did, because I think they're going to be arrogant in playing the U.S. Like, oh, we're better than these guys. But Ukraine, I don't think, will think they're better than us. No. They just they don't even that doesn't even matter who the opponent is. They're just gonna be happy to be in the World Cup and representing their country. And that makes me a little bit nervous because those guys can play. They got some ballers on their team. And I think that Ukraine are gonna beat Wales this weekend. I do too. And and, uh, and that's who we play first in the World Cup. The, the team everybody's gonna be pulling for in the World <laughs> Cup versus us. And that kind of sucks, man, because they got those <laughs> vibes. We saw Real Madrid win a Champions League on vibes. And, and I think Ukraine might have those vibes as well. Obviously, they got to get past a pretty solid Wales team. 
but I think they're going to do it. I'll, Charlie, I'll come to you first on this. Are you a little bit nervous about playing Ukraine if they go through? Yeah, that's the worst case scenario. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, that's that they are playing for their country. They're playing for pride. They're playing for something bigger than uh, themselves, hope, right? Hope. Yes, exactly. I mean, that that's what they're playing for. They know every little kid, every man and woman in Ukraine is looking to them for inspiration and to be to be proud. They they also are playing to to let people know why they they fight for their country why their country is important to them they're playing with everything that raises your level and your fitness levels to to your focus insanity everything like they are going to be buzzing and not only that think about the support there's not one single person that's going to be rooting against ukraine even americans are going to be like i'm rooting for us but i if the U.S. have to lose, like I, I want them to lose to Ukraine. That, that's <laughs> yeah. that, that's gonna how oh, literally first how it's game of the be. World Cup is gonna yeah, be that game. But you you go and that's why they kind of got that. You go back to the Euros with Denmark, man, and Denmark on paper were not a great team. They're a solid, solid team. But when when that accident happened at Parken Stadium in Copenhagen. They became the team of the tournament globally. Everybody was supporting Denmark. And they went on, they went on an incredible run in terms of the quality that they had. And, and you could just feel that mm. you instantly became a fan of Denmark and wanting to see them do well. And and Ukraine it, on even bigger circumstances, you know, is 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 quickly moving towards that. Did you see Zinchenko? How good he was? So good. <laughs> Like you look at him at Man City, you're like, oh yeah, he's a, he's a you know spot starter for for yeah, the team, and you, you know like, whatever. Yeah. And then and then you see him you see him against Scotland in the midfield, and he was making them look stupid. And it, it, it's definitely they've definitely got some you know Real Madrid team of destiny vibes to them right now that you wouldn't want to you wouldn't you wouldn't want to bet against. Yeah, you'd feel sorry for anybody that they're going to play against because of all the things that Charlie mentioned in particular. They just got everything. It's just going to raise the focus, the energy levels, and they're playing for something bigger than themselves. They just happen to be potentially playing us in the first game. They play Wales this upcoming weekend, and I, I fully expect them to actually win. I don't care where the game's being played. They just I, I have got, something different. I got a lot of like Kimmich vibes from him in terms of like a player who was an outside back, moved in centrally for mm -hmm, your national mm -hmm. team. Uh, Alaba, same thing, was playing outside, comes centrally for, for his country, and they... You know what? What Pep Guardiola has done for him, you can tell. I mean, mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. full of quality. Yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, if you want to piss off the Brits, use the use the phrase "outside back" with them. them <laughs> they hate that. Get super, super triggered. Um, fullback. It's a fullback. It's a fullback, mate. We got to get our boots on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. But by the way, my, my I, I know we're we're going into the closing thoughts, but the one thing I wanted to say, and I wanted to ask you to this real quick. When was the last time? And and uh, you know. Mine was probably at the beginning of qualifying, maybe the second half against Honduras, where you were, where you were, I don't know. I was, this was, this was the first time in a long time that I was actually excited. Maybe it's a different opponent from a different region and it was just a breath of fresh air for me, but I was actually leaving this, not thinking about the result, but just thinking about performances, excited about this team's ability, maybe because it's just playing against somebody. But when was the last time you guys felt maybe how you feel now, or maybe you don't feel like the way that I feel now. Confederations no, I, I, Cup semifinal I was, 2009 against Spain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was I was hyped today. I was excited to watch them play, and you know, the game could have been one one or two one whatever. But I, I think they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, 
CONCACAF weighs you down, man. It weighs you down when you've got to qualify in CONCACAF. <laughs> Moving in the right man. direction. It, it, it makes it sound down. like you think Greg Berhalter should be man of the match. All right, everybody. <laughs> we are done for In Soccer We Trust. This time around, I tried to get my final thought in there so they couldn't respond. We're going to be back with you guys on Friday if you want to join us live here on the YouTubes, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do a preview of the Uruguay game. It should be a lot of fun. And obviously, we'll give us or give our predictions as to who we think should start in that one. And we'll break down what Uruguay is going to bring. And it should be, uh, that should be a great game in a lot of different ways. Very similar to this Morocco game, or at least it was for a little while until we started to dominate as we do. So on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching in soccer we trust. And we will see you next time. Later.